0: con that always comes in the corner, and there it is, telling us that we are live, and I'm always not only glad to be live, but glad to be alive. Yep, still this
1: side up, so
0: we're good. (laughs) That's it, that's it. We're missing our compadre tonight. Yep. Missing yep. Miss uh, Victoria Queen Victoria is not is not with us tonight, but we're going to do our best to go ahead. And uh, we got a really interesting guest who's written two yeah. really interesting books, and we're going to get to talk a little bit about both of them. I think. Yep. Yeah. So,
1: yes, we most definitely
0: it. are. That sounds good. And uh, there's no selecting this
1: week. We usually go through, who's going to go first? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's either you or me. Oh, yes. If it's not you, then it's me. Difficult choice, difficult
0: choice to make. I think I will. I think I'll, no, I'll let you go first and then. Oh, okay. Okay. Then you'll come back and then I'll come back. (laughs) I can do that. We can make that happen. Make it happen. It was a good week for me last week. I know that, so I'm okay. excited about really, really being able to have something to share tonight. And, what do uh, you mean,
1: have, really? You've had something to share different. for the last few weeks, <laughs> but it's been the same thing.
0: <laughs> different segments, different components yeah, of the yeah, same you've story. You've been telling a story. Different that's chapters. That's <laughs> what. I say. Different chapters in the same story but um we're going to uh let's see we have this is easier because it's just the two of us tonight Mm -hmm. and that means that we just will bounce back and forth and um we we're we are going to let our guest have the floor and tell tell the stories that he wants to tell, which I know will be interesting surrounding the two books that he has. Yeah. So we are about ready to start, Mr. Allen. If you are ready, then then we can uh, start rolling.
2: All right, I'll take care of it, and I'll be here in the background if you need me.
0: All right, thank you, thank you sir. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Authors Up, our favorite place to be at 7 p.m. on Sunday evening, and we hope that you're making it your favorite place as well. We've got Angie on the line. Hello there, Angie. Good to have you on the line tonight. It was good seeing you yesterday over the weekend. We had a good time and uh, thank you for tuning in tonight. And uh, Alan, if any of our countries uh, pop in, be sure to let us know so that we can welcome them properly uh, into the the, the um, territory here of Authors Up. And we're going to get started like we usually do. And um, let's see, if I knew Victoria's
1: week, I'd talk about it. <laughs> no, it's okay. We'll let her talk about it next the next time we're back.
0: I don't know what Victoria was up to this week so I better not try to fill in. No. <laughs> but let's hear about
1: you what did, what was what were you up to this past week? What was I up to? Okay, so I knew a few weeks ago I told you about uh, my daughter enlisting in the army. so yes. uh, we've had the uh, you know adjustment to make. That, you know, we just can't text her and call her whenever we want to. So, you know, she called on Tuesday for 30 seconds to let us know she was there on base, basic training, and that was it. And we were like, okay, <laughs> cool. Was so, that
0: her choice, the 30 seconds? No. Or is that all the time they give them?
1: No, that's all the time they give them. They, that's wow. pretty much. They said, okay, now call your parents or, you know, whoever your guardian is and just 30 seconds you hang up the phone and then you hand your phone back. So that wow. was an adjustment. So, but we heard, um, from her boyfriend today. So he sent a photo, um, of her, uh, platoon, um, got her address and all of that. So I say all that to say now it, you know, she's been in the army now for, cause she left like at the end of uh, May. So it's real now, you know, seeing her, in uniform, getting an address, all of that is real now. So wow. my daughter's a specialist in the
0: Army. Wow. How's she feeling about it?
1: Oh, I don't know. I haven't talked to her. <laughs> in your first, in 30 seconds. 30 yeah. 30 second I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, let me rephrase that. So I did talk to her briefly on last Sunday, and I asked her, I'm like, well, is it like you see in the movie?" She's like, Yeah, hey, it's a little more lenient than that. I'm like, well, how's everything going? She's like, these teenagers. She's like, I am surrounded by teenagers. My daughter's 22 years old. She's like, I'm surrounded by teenagers. They just don't listen. And like after a minute, she got quiet and all you could hear was people talking in the background. And then all of a sudden her and another young lady started yelling at them, telling them to just do what they were told to do. I'm like, (laughs) that's funny. So (laughs) she's doing fine. she's suggesting.
0: Sounds like sounds like that's good. <laughs> good. Yes. To know she's all right. Good to yeah. know she's all right.
1: So, I know you want to tell us about your week. Well,
0: let me tell you. And this is I can finally stop talking about June 10th. <laughs> I've, been, I've been talking about June 10th since January. Yeah. Um, but it was finally here. It finally happened and it was absolutely amazing. I think, I think it was amazing. I know that I had a lot of fun and, and I'm going to let Ruth say something about it in a minute, but it really, I think it was everything that God intended for it to be. I think that the people who were there were the people who were supposed to be there. Um, and it was funny because we, I had a great caterer and, um Everybody came in and they were just kind of tentative. And I said, "Look, you know, there's all this grapefruit and cheese and crackers and all of that." And they said, "Can we start eating now?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, but don't fill up there because you're gonna be eating for two hours." <laughs> and, they and were. She, she did not disappoint. I tell you no. what, she had, uh, we had the young ladies from. A nonprofit group called the Rhoda Generation, and they oh. acted as hostesses for the nice East, served everybody. So
1: well, they did a great job.
0: Yeah, they did. They really did. They got there on time, and they followed instructions, and they were very pleasant and did what they were supposed to do. So we announced two uh, new programs mm-hmm. coming. The Power of Transformation with Dr. Paula Opie. and that's going to start officially in July. But she's got two pilot programs coming up in June, kind of get her feet wet and get everything moving. And she's going to be on When Life Speaks on the 15th. So we'll get to talk to her a little bit. And then we have a program for men by men on Mondays. Uh, and it's going to start off just the first Monday of every month. August through December, and then it's going to go to monthly programming. It's called under construction. Uh so we're gonna be building the men up and talking about men's issues and all that good stuff. So nice. I'm excited about that. And that's be- by uh Pastor Steve Sims. So we're excited for him and excited for Dr. Paula. And uh we're just gonna see what's gonna happen, you know, how everything is gonna pan out and play out and you know, I got up this morning and and I had uh, I thought, OK, God, what if what now? You know, what are we going to do now? And because uh, I had been telling people, I don't really have a plan after this event. And I'm thinking I'm going to kick back and all of that. And he said, mm, time to grow, time to grow. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what that means, uh, but Authors Up will be included in that. And uh, we'll just see where it takes us. <laughs> Sounds good. But one last thing on that issue, thank you, everybody. Thank you for praying for us, for getting tickets, for coming to the event, and for those who were not able to come, just wishing us well. And and I thank everybody for that. So we'll see what happens, and we'll see what's next. Absolutely. But for tonight, we're going to see what's up with our guest and uh, Ruth is going to start off with uh, telling us a little bit about his bio, and I'm going to finish that up, and then we're going to take a brief break, and uh, we're going to come back and, and talk with our guest, who has
1: some exciting stuff he's going to share with us tonight. So awesome. tell us a little bit about Mark. Absolutely. So Mark Ryle recently retired from teaching economics at Hillfield Strathallan College in Hamilton, Ontario. His first love in coaching was always cross-country running, a sport which he felt made students stronger mentally and physically, and which promoted teamwork and mutual support. So we are going to be talking about his book tonight, Run, Daughter, Run, which Andrea will share about in a minute. But we're also going to mention his other book, the speculative fiction Age Decoded, which is Mark's first novel. He wrote it to educate himself and the world about the imminent Tsunami of Genetic Engineering. CRISPR-like technology will impact humans in physical and psychological ways, thus fundamentally affecting what it means to be human. The story peers 100 to 200 years into the future, allowing the reader to critically imagine this new scientific frontier.
0: Wow, sounds interesting. Mark also just published his second book, which um, Ruth mentioned, which we're going to be talking about tonight, Run Daughter, Run Father, which provides stories, anecdotes, and scientific advice on running and racing. It highlights the training adventures of him and his daughter, Stephanie, whom Mark coached and ran with. The insights are targeted at younger and older age group competitors. Mark competes in triathlons. We had another author who was on who had a book about being a triathlete and represented Canada in the 2019 World Age Group Championships in Switzerland. He also recently qualified for the World Age Group Championships, which is going to be held in Spain this year. Congratulations on all that, Mark. As hobbies, Mark enjoys acrylic art and snooker. And for those of you who don't know what that is, Mark's going to tell you when we come back. (laughs) His education includes not only a BS, but an MBA and PhD from the University of Toronto. And we're gonna take a quick break right through here. We want you all to hang out and hang in. We will be right back and you will get to meet Mark Ryle. How about that? I'm excited. What do you think, Ruth?
1: Absolutely. All right, welcome, Mark. We're glad to have you. Yes,
0: yes, yes.
2: Uh, yeah, hi. Thank you uh, so much for hosting me on your wonderful show. And I'm really looking forward to uh, having a nice chat and uh, I don't know, giving your audiences, members, a few things to think about along the way. Awesome.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, let's start. Um, we usually ask, tell us about your book. Now, we're going to talk about both of your books, but we're going to focus on Run daughter run father and tell us a little bit about that
2: one sure so that is um as the title implies it involves my daughter and i uh in the sport of running um the chapter one talks about how my one day my daughter who was only seven years old said to my wife and i i want to go run around the block and my wife and i looked at each other like kids you know kids play soccer they run after soccer balls and whatever she played hockey too that was her sport too but um Running around the block was a little bit strange, just pure running. So um, I said to my wife, I better find some sneakers and go with her because you can't let just let her run in the big city on her own. So I got off the couch, found a pair of sneakers and um, ran for the first time in almost 20 years. I had run in high school, what? but I I'd, I'd gotten away from it completely and got very lazy. So uh, here I was uh, looking down at my daughter. She was looking up at me and smiling. We we're running along. She was taking three times as many steps as I was. And we we're running together. It was, I, I remember like yesterday, it was a magical moment. Oh. And um, my daughter got me back into running and I got to witness her first steps too in running. So um, the rest of the book it just carries through the next 18 years of us uh, both running and Racing and sometimes training together and inspiring each other
0: awesome and I love the picture of the two of you in, in the book I love that picture
1: <laughs> awesome all right so what why was it important then for you to write this book
2: well there's a lot of information in there and uh, we learned a lot of things together it was not it was a rough journey it wasn't all you know just go out there running races there were injuries to deal with there was some overtraining issues <clears throat> um there are special issues that relate to females the young female runners that must be um, addressed and uh i think the main issue though was parent um and um offspring and not pushing them too hard because you know the and that's why i call it run daughter run father the right the daughter started running first and then the father followed i never forced or even suggested that she start running she always had this will to run and actually my role was to sort of reel her in a bit and uh, just slow her down mm-hmm. temper her enthusiasm a bit because I was quite worried about her um running too many races running too much mileage getting injured and and ruining her body and her mind um for the future so long-term athletic development was a key issue and then so these things are outlined in the book and I felt like I wanted to share, um, as much of that experience with other runners and coaches and families.
0: I know you said that you, uh, you know, that she had this will to run, but did she always have the will to compete? Did she always want to be a competitive runner?
2: Yeah. And she was already competing in soccer and playing hockey. Uh, so she's, she's pretty competitive and, uh, pretty feisty and, uh, she, uh, yeah. It was always there, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: All right. So, what struck me so, what struck me most about your book, I have to say, was actually something you wrote in an email when we were corresponding is that you talked about embracing age, old age, menta- old age, and mentality and treasuring intergenerational relationships. I promise I can't talk. Um, so, and I think that that really comes out in, you know, this book, um, we didn't get a chance to review the other one. We definitely want to talk about it, but, you know, it's, you know, that, that it was important enough for you to write about, tell us uh, a little bit about your writing journey because, you know, Mm -hmm. economics is way different than say creative writing.
2: Yeah. So, Just to touch upon the intergenerational thing, it's a beautiful aspect of the book. Um, I think all fathers, all parents, but let's say all fathers want to find ways to share things with their sons or daughters. And Stephanie and I definitely found our way through the sport of running. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife um, is an artist and she shares things with Stephanie, uh, like her art and her music. And that's great too. But but that was our way to find a special bond with my daughter. No. So the writing process, um, well, if you had asked me, uh, even a few years ago, if I would ever be a writer, I would say, no, I'm the last person. I didn't like English uh, or an guy, right? So, no, 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 no. I don't even want to write a book. But um, I started with, uh, somehow I got interested in aging and I uh, um human and immortality. So that, that was that I mean, in the both my books. You know, I started with this high five book, which we've talk uh, been talking about, and then this book. And this year, so um, I don't know, that interest in me because I'm getting old, I became more interested uh, in mentality and hidden uh, in most of your life. And um, I wanted to put a positive spin So uh, I looked at um, the soul side of it. Seems
0: Okay. Okay. Are you are you hearing Mark? Okay, Ruth. Mm -hmm. It might be on my end.
1: No, it's a little muffled.
0: Okay. Want to try and adjust something there, Mark? And let's. I going to move
2: the microphone closer. Is that better?
0: Okay. Yeah. That is much better. Much better. Yes. Thank you.
2: Okay.
1: Yes. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your uh, other book, Age Decoded. Where did the inspiration for that come from?
2: The inspiration came from my world um, triathlon experience in in, uh, Switzerland about Mm -hmm. four years ago. I was competing uh, for Canada in the age group competition. And um, I'm in the I'm, I'm. I'm in the 60 to 65 year old age group so th- those are my competitors i don't have to worry about the young bucks and uh
1: you <laughs>
2: know that, some professionals and all that but uh we're, we're still pretty serious athletes so sure. we were having a beer after the competition and the, the guys were talking about um, aging and one of them said to me i was 61 and he was 64 but we're in the same age group and he said you have such a big advantage over me and, I, and i'm thinking what like we're both just old guys right and he says that three years is significant," he said. "You lose about one percent of your aerobic capacity every year at this age, so you have a three percent advantage over me. Which, in a two, in a 150 minute race, that's uh, four and a half minutes." He wow. said, "So, like, it actually is true." So, mm-hmm. I started researching that and uh, aging, uh, anti-aging, and I came across some uh, research uh, on genetic engineering and these uh, people, very serious scientists who are attempting to use genetic engineering, CRISPR type technology to um, stop and perhaps even reverse uh, human aging. They see aging as a disease that must be eradicated. Um, Wow. So we can talk about the science if you want, but it is out there. Harvard University, Kyoto University, MIT, some very serious, good researchers who some of them are actually predicting that within twenty to thirty years they will stop and perhaps even be able to reverse human aging. So wow, that All was the right. premise. That's the premise of the book. I'm trying. I then take it fifty to hundred years in the future and assume that that happens and let's see how. I mean it's not it's not all bullet if you stop aging right you can imagine mm-hmm. for example what do you do to the human population or how do people feel if they never really feel like they're going to command how motivated are they um yeah. what happens to if everybody's young there's no old people anymore especially if they reverse aging the old people want to become younger so you get rid of all the old people plus you don't have any young people because nobody you can't really have too many births anymore right otherwise the earth must population must be controlled. So you end up with a you know a whole bunch of 25 year olds who look good, but uh they're all stuck in one little wedge of a generation, right? So that's what happens in my book. And then I so it's that intergenerational thing too. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that was the inspiration and that was the premise. And then I just went forward with it. And I actually try to speculate what will happen. Like I'm not trying to, I'm not on some other planet with aliens and all that. I'm actually trying to look at humans and changing Humans themselves, not human nature, not human nurture, but actually changing human nature through genetic engineering.
1: Wow. Okay. So I love science fiction. So I will be reading that book. Um, but I have to say, you know, I, I can tell you, I have not seen the uh, the research, but I can tell you, I myself am a runner, um, not on your level. I can promise you that, because, and I have to say, so I pulled. Uh, a quote, um, thanks to our other host who is not here, but she she pulled she's, um on page nine of your book where it says, um, "You you must run for yourself. That's the heart of the matter. Run if you desire from within when the time is genuinely right for you. Don't run because someone else pushes you for, because you'll begrudge it and never acquire deep satisfaction or meaning from it."
0: Absolutely. And
1: my husband, I can tell you, he's he's been in the gym since he was thirteen. We're about fifty now, so. You know, and it was always, oh, you have to go to the gym. You have to go. And I hated it. I hate going to the gym. And then probably about five years ago, I just started running on a treadmill and have not stopped. So I'm not running any marathons or anything like that, but I love running. And I had to do that for myself.
2: Fantastic.
1: To In order to enjoy it, to love it, just to get out there. So that being said, going back to the research part. You know, I've been doing it on and off for like five years now. And I tell you, every time I take a break from it, I can tell and I'm a little bit older each time. I'm like, I can tell I'm not at my peak from when I was running last time. And it takes just a little bit longer to get up to some kind of speed. And it's just age affects us all.
2: It does. Yes.
1: It is um, it is an interesting concept. What
0: what is what is it that motivates somebody to to run, to just want to run? Because I see people, you know, rain, snow, cold weather, hot weather, it does not matter. They gotta get that run in. They've got to get that run in. What is it about running that that kind of drives you that way?
2: Yeah. Well, there's, there are lots of different ways of looking at this for me, it's sort of a competitive thing. I do want to compete and get better. So I must train and, um, I don't, I must say, I don't necessarily enjoy every little run or every big run. Um, and also getting older, I find I need more time to recover from the tough runs, from the speed workouts. But, um, for many, many other people, I would say, maybe even the majority runners, it's more of a, I would say, combination of physiological psychological things so the for example it's a great way of meditating running of sort of getting on running is a beautiful mantra itself like the breathing is consistent or the arm motion is consistent the stride is you know once you're settled into your pace is very repetitive so there's a natural almost buddhist like mantra to the running action and i think that really appeals to a lot of people and uh, it that gives them peacefulness um it separates them from their their anxieties and uh just lets them mind wander and and uh relax and uh so that's that whole psychological side is very powerful for running and then um you know for other people it's the health benefits say they they want to lose weight or i have a friend who had a heart attack and he's been trying to strengthen his circulatory system through running so there's there are enormous health benefits from writing too so many people do it for that reason too so there's i I guess andrea there's a lots of lots of reasons um they're all very compelling all very positive i would say
0: i never i i um when i first moved here to north carolina i was i was kind of like maurice i was get to the gym get to the gym get to the gym and i didn't have any family here so Getting to the gym was a great thing for me to do, and I I um I love the treadmill, and I just you know my time on it kept getting better and better. So when I would go out and and walk in the area, because I was walking so fast, you know you you switch over into a run and you right. kind of go back and forth, back and forth. And I thought, okay, well this is cool, but it never. <laughs> It never took me to that place of saying, yes, I'm going to get up and run today. It did not get me there. But I'm always interested when I see people run uh, the different, the different gait, the different, you know, movement, the different style that runners have you know and i guess it's like you were talking about it has to do with the breathing and the pacing you know and and all of that so i i um i i wish i had started at an age that made sense for me to start uh, but at this point like i said before if i can run to the car it's a great day <laughs> <laughs>
2: But it sounds like you do some walking too, which is fantastic in yeah. itself, right? So, yeah.
0: I'll stick to the walk. <laughs> we do want to welcome, though, cutting away for just a minute, Toronto has joined us uh, this evening. Welcome to you. And um, Love Demonstration in Jamaica has joined us as well. And we welcome them uh, to the broadcast tonight also. Thank you for joining us. And uh, Ruth, I think you were getting ready to say something, but I'm it
1: uh well no so you you've gotten uh so you've gotten your feet wet with uh nonfiction. you've gotten your feet wet with science fiction so what is uh next for you do you want to continue writing or are you just going to continue running or doing both
2: I'm I'm actually working on a third book right now and um it's going the topic is going to be uh neurobiology and artificial intelligence So, I'm reading as I'm I'm not, I haven't written anything on that now because I feel like I need to uh, read as much as I can about it. So, for example, I just wrote a sort of read a book uh, by a Duke University professor called, uh, her name is Nita Farhani, and she wrote a book called The Battle for Your Brain. It just came out, actually, and it's a fantastic book about all of the neural mechanisms that uh, will be. reading or tracking your thoughts your words your visions um they're already starting that and and so i i i'm quite entranced by this topic and i would like to write a science fiction based on that idea the the human brain and human thoughts being um controlled and tracked
1: oh wow okay so i think you found your niche then right
2: yeah, it's going to be a dystopia, obviously, <laughs> but, but uh, um, I think it's a hot topic because it involves artificial intelligence, too, right? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yes. yeah. No, that is a very big hot topic. So, yeah, Absolutely.
2: Yeah. The, other Amer- the other American author I've read who uh, some of your listeners will probably know is Ray Kurzweil, who wrote this. The, the Singularity is Near he's okay. he's a fantastic scientist he's won a lot of awards in the united states for his research he had a lot to do with uh, voice detection and uh, facial recognition technology so he really knows what he's talking about and he he wrote the, the, this book called the singularities near in 2006 and i think there's a book i think it's just coming out right now called the singularities nearer and um it's the artificial intelligence game of sort of using the neural networks in the human brain to model, to create um, um, computer systems that operate like the brain, but at a faster pace. So he's, he's quite a guy. He's given me lots of ideas too, Ray well. Awesome.
1: That is great. That is great. All right. And you got some questions?
0: Well, I just, I wanted to, to ask you, um, because there is a lot of information in your, in your book about running and, 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 actually uh, about relationship because it's not always easy uh for for parent and child in anything uh to develop a, a love for it and a respect for it uh depending on where where either of you are you know on the spectrum and on the scale so i i would like to know just from you what what do you think is the key thing in making uh relationships on common ground if i can put it that way uh work you know and and come out with a successful outcome what do you think is the key to
2: that yeah so for my daughter and i we we locked torrents of her about her, uh, in, in fact um in the um the introduction to the book my my daughter writes the uh, before uh, uh, yeah so she talks about that. She says, you know, my father and I disagreed on a lot of fronts. It was mainly me trying to slow her down and stop her <laughs> from confusing. And she always wanted to go, 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 go do more more and more. She was very zealous and, uh, but we locked horns over that. So, but we never lost respect for each other. We support each other. There were some tough times, um, that we got through that that really helped because then you sort of uh, you start empathizing with the other person for example she got asthma she, um in grade nine and so in the biggest cross country race the ontario championships she was seated to win that race mm-hmm. she was supposed to win the ontario championships or, or at least be top three um and um during the race they're announcing the names they're in the forest so you can't see them but the announcer's telling the names and we never heard her name the whole race I'm like my wife and I were starting to worry that they would name the top 10 and we never heard Stephanie's name and that's that's she had an asthma her first asthma attack in that race wow. 800 meters in it was a cool crisp morning and her throat just tied up she couldn't breathe in her airways so she stopped apparently she was out on the course just at the side of the course walking and somebody was consoling her so that was her first asthma attack and she you know that type of a challenge um was something that really bonded her and I because you know um you have to deal with it it's it's you know it's it's tough it's it uh, sets you back it, it, you, and and it was two or three four years when she um dealt with asthma and um, you know I, I like I said to her though the two world records in the Marathon at that time had asthma they were the two the best mar- yeah. runners in the world Haile Gabor Selassie from Ethiopia and uh, Paula Radcliffe from from the uk they were asthmatics so i said to her look if they can run through it you can probably find your way too and so these setbacks um were uh were good because they allowed us to bond and um deal with disappointments and you know also locking horns over training Um, (laughs) but we respect each other so much now um i think in the forward she mentions that she still loves running and she thanks me for um not not letting her overtrain so she couldn't burn out or injure herself yeah. so she she's um happy that she still loves running she's racing actually in three days in hamilton like, oh. right where i'm at i'm going to go watch her run a 1500 meter track race and so she's still excited to do that and um and i'm excited to support her
1: so that's
0: awesome, that's awesome. there's a there's a quote by i think uh, uh it's terry fox mm-hmm. Canadian hero who died from cancer, and I really love this quote. This is how many people do something they believe in. How many people do something they believe in. I just wish people would realize anything's possible if you try. Dreams are made if people try.
2: Yeah, it brings tears to my eyes, Terry Fox. He is the the number one. I don't know how much they've heard of him in the U.S. I think a lot of Americans have. But he is the if you ask Canadians, who's the number one hero ever in Canada, it's Terry Fox, Hmm. not Terry Fox is number one. And he um, he died of cancer when he was 23, I believe. But he tried to run across Canada to raise money because he knew he was dying and he made it about um, he made it to Thunder Bay north of Lake Superior about more than halfway and then the doctors pulled him off the road and said you can't run anymore and he wow. was he was running on almost a marathon every day on one leg basically just hopping along the highway and um, saying like those inspirational quotes and talking about you know people said to him you know how much pain are you going through terry and he said i'm going through nothing compared to the pain of people suffering cancer all across this country you know hmm. and i'll never forget him saying that i was just a young man at the time but it was so inspiring and so he's because of the Terry Fox Foundation all across the world they've raised i think now 900 million dollars almost a billion dollars for cancer research wow which is fantastic
0: that is something that is really really something and i think if you just uh, and this is just to everybody out there if you if um the, the event that i just did was called make it count And when I see this first sentence, it says, How many people do something they believe in? I think it just gives us all, or should give all of us, Mm -hmm. an opportunity to just pause and say, You know, what are you doing to make it count? You know, what, what are you doing that is having an impactful outcome? because it's not always about money and it's not always about tangible things that, that you see, um, but they're just things that you do and you do from the heart and you do based on what's placed in you. Yes. Uh, it gives you the gift and the talent and the capacity To be able to go forward and and just make that difference on so many levels and and Mark I think your book is going to do that I think it is going to really really have an impact on on a lot of different levels probably more than you imagine
2: (laughs) oh thank you yeah and I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up the Terry Fox thing because it's not all like he never even finished his run right he never finished Mm -hmm. but he had such an impact and. so it's not about uh i i think that's a chapter where i talk about what does it mean to be a champion 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 Mm -hmm. does not mean that you won the award or you were in first Mm -hmm. place champion really comes from the word campion which means you're a fighter you're a warrior you're you're representing your team or your school your country you're you're not representing yourself you're you're fighting for some cause that's what a campion the original word champion means Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Do you have, um, we're just about, uh, well, we're, we're running up on, on our time, but, but Terry, is there anything in particular, uh, especially as you talk about being a champion and being that kind of individual and the level of respect that you have to have for, for one another, not just in the sibling or with a father-parent-child relationship, but period. Um, when you are doing things and I I think discovering things uh, about yourself, because I think whenever you're on that kind of journey, uh, you find out you've got grit that you didn't really know that you had sometimes, you know, that you have more tenacity than you imagine uh, to to run the race, to run the race, win, lose or draw. Um, so the, are there any particular words that you want to uh, give our listeners in terms of what it takes to be that champion?
2: Yeah, that's that's uh, that's the toughest question I've faced in this interview. Um, I would just say people, everybody has a champion within themselves. There's a cause that you can find to fight for. Oh and um, you need to be patient uh it took me a long time to even find what my career was going to be like i didn't know i was going to be a teacher until i was almost 30 years old so some people need time to find their genuine self and and to know what to fight for and put their energy into and uh just be patient uh it may take you uh more time than others and um and, uh, and it's never too late. Like, uh, for example, in writing, I think there's a lot of writers who came out with their first book when they're in their 50s or 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, an example would be um, Annie Prue, who wrote The Shipping News. Um, and uh, I think she was uh, 62 and also maybe... Frank McCord, who did the Angela's Ashes, he was 65, the Irish writer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's never too late and be patient. You will find something. You can find something uh, when, the, when the time is right to uh, to dive into. It doesn't have to be your main career either. It can be something on the side that you sort of build up. Uh, I retired from teaching three years ago. That's given me a lot of time now to do this writing and whatnot. So um, you can do things on the side and build up some interest. it could be art music uh, whatever painting it um, uh, doesn't have to be anything to do with sports but um there's lots of things out there. Just let your genuine self find itself and be patient and you you will be able to champion something uh earnestly yeah yeah
0: good 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 I like that I like that.
1: Ruth, do you have
0: any any final questions or comments from for Mark tonight?
1: I don't. I just I, I want to thank you for writing your books. I thank you for uh, giving me now something else to read. Um, <laughs> I enjoy reading, but you know mostly I just I, I want to say that I appreciate the perspective that you have, um especially with the latter part because I don't know why we come to the point where we think we have to have everything figured out by the time we're twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> <know> I, <laughs> and you know, I like you. I've written I've written a few books, but I'm only now and I'm close to 50. So I'm only now coming to the point where I can say, you know what? I think I'm getting the hang of this. I, I think I'm finding where I need to be. And I appreciate that. So Mark, thank you for joining us today and thank you for writing your books. Thank you both of you
2: for uh, generously hosting me and uh, great job at the uh, podcast show and uh, keep okay. up the, keep up the fantastic work there.
0: Well, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. And we're looking forward to the third work coming out okay. uh, that you got uh, going. So, uh, you know, be sure that you let us know and uh, keep in touch so that we can follow your journey with this great writing that you're doing and these uh, please- interesting, interesting premises that you're writing about. Thank you.
2: I'll I'll keep keep in touch on that. It's going to be a while. I'm probably going to be about a year before I get that book done.
0: We'll still be be here. (laughs) (laughs) That is about it for us tonight, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you Toronto and Jamaica for coming in this evening. I know we have other countries who have joined us as well. Uh, We will be replaying uh, this um, uh, segment of Authors Up on Saturday at 7 p.m. So if you did not have an opportunity uh, to listen to Mark tonight, or if you have friends that you think would be interested in hearing about his journey, be sure that you join that replay that we have. I see Victoria has has popped in. Uh, Victoria, we missed you tonight, but we know that you will be back with us next week. At least we're hoping you are, and we'll all be in full effect, as the kids say, and me and our places doing what we do. So that is it for us again, Mark. Mark, thank you so much, not just for joining us, but for writing such a a great book. It's just a great book. And uh, I pray that people will read it and have the opportunity to, to, to look at things a little differently than they have before. So you brought that to the table tonight and we thank you for it and we appreciate you because of it.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Okay, that's it for us for tonight, everybody. You know, we had put our favorite thing up, get the book. Be sure that you get the book and support the writing that Mark is doing. Uh, we have another great show planned for you next week, which is Father's Day. And uh, we we have uh, a replay of one of our favorite authors and the book that they brought to us. Uh, so that's going to be going on next week. And week after, we have another new guest for you. So stay tuned because you never, know you never ever know what's going to happen on authors up it's a surprise to us too sometimes <laughs> so <come on> back. <laughs> join us right back here sunday evenings at 7 p.m for another edition of authors up have a great week everybody and mark again thank you so much for being with us okay That's, bye-bye uh,